Hello, world, and welcome back to Relish the Journey, your podcast about the many different pathways of life and the stories that every person has to share. I'm your host, Miles Biggs, and my guest today is the one and only T Nasty, aka <laughs> Terrell Nixon. Terrell, thanks for joining me, buddy. This is going to be fun. No problem. Thanks for having me, Miles. Hello, world. So, I got to start with the fact that I think you might be my number one fan because oh, cool. you straight up retweet or repost whatever I put out there on the Relative Journey social media channel. So, I have to thank you for that. And then, because of that, I was like, all right, I got to get him on here. We got to do this with Terrell. <laughs> He's been showing me the love. I got to I gotta return it. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's like Twitter's my realm, and it's a whole different beast in itself. Anytime you can give out support or show some love, I'm always all about it on Twitter. <laughs> Dude, speaking about realms, social media has some realms. There are some weird people on social media, man, and it gets to be a dark place. So, like, when you, the fact that you classify that as your realm, let's talk about that for a second. Like, what's, what's the teen nasty realm on Twitter? How do you govern your realm? Well, it's funny. Um, this is what I'm actually in school for right now, just like emerging media and everything that involves like social media, how to manage crises and really like control what goes out there as far as content and content creation. One of my final papers is actually on Twitter. I, I love the fact that social media is because it's giving people more of a chance to be themselves. And like over the years, people have come out more and you really get to learn how weird people really are. I find that amazing because I'm a weird guy myself and it's like everyone gets to be more themselves like especially on Twitter and just through social media in general and just like being able to navigate that and really understand that there is several different aspects from every single person and you always learn something new about what people like either really feel or bring to the table and just being able to connect with everyone like even such as athletes uh, having them respond to you or just like even if you just want to poke poke at him every now and then just being able to do that is just like amazing in itself so the whole the twitter in itself or just like any of the social media realms they're just like a free-for-all in a way <laughs> they really are because i always use the term uh, keyboard warrior people have strong fingers you know because there are certain people where it's like you know if you got into a face-to-face confrontation with them they wouldn't say a quarter of the stuff they say behind their keyboard hashtagging the crap out of stuff on twitter you know it's amazing so I feel like a really bad friend right now. I didn't even realize you were back in school. Like, what, what are you going for? Are you getting your master's? Yes. <laughs> I'm actually, um, I started the program in January, and it's actually like an accelerated program. I was just on campus a few weeks ago. Before I moved, I had two accelerated classes on campus. It's like two residencies, and I actually finished them up. And then the next week, my mom got married, and then the next day, I moved out to Texas. So... For school, it's just like the program is literally based around social media. A few years ago, you could always tell like a lot of people would end up in trouble because of things on social media. It was interesting, all these older companies, they really just didn't know how to like truly navigate how to either conduct themselves or reach out to other people. But there's so much opportunity there. And I really wanted to be a part of that. And like one thing I always like doing is either talking to people, connecting to people in that some type of way, shape or form. And this program really gives you an opportunity to do that. So I end up going out for the program. I went for an interview, met with everyone and then got accepted and just started it up. I got a few about just under a year left and then I'll be done. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. 
I agree with what you said about you and people because you've always been one of the most personal people I've ever met. So it makes total sense to me, whether you're behind a keyboard doing the social media thing or face to face, that's right up your alley for sure. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's a good segue because you literally are one of the friendliest people I've ever met. You're always laughing or even, I would say, giggling, smiling, <laughs> you know, running around. So it's interesting to me the fact that that's your personality. You're so outgoing and friendly yet violent at the same time <laughs> because I don't know. So we'll talk first about wrestling. You wrestled in college. So how long have you been wrestling? When I was a kid, I watched one of the first UFC events, and I was, like, a really, really small kid, and, like, I just wasn't strong, wasn't big, anything like that, and I would get picked on a lot. So, I remember seeing Ken Shamrock, he showed up, he would, and the one the announcer was like, this guy's a wrestler, and if you want to if you want to be strong and big, kids, go join your local wrestling team, you know, like, well, shit, I want to be big and strong, like, come on now. So <laughs> that's what actually like brought me into wrestling. So I actually started in seventh grade and like seventh and eighth grade, you kind of just learn it, but it really starts in high school. So I guess I started in seventh, wrestled all throughout high school, end up uh, placing at States, doing some cool things there, kept going with it through college. And then past that, while I was in college, since I already had been interested in MMA and stuff, like wrestling really was a segue into MMA and like really understand and learn that. Throughout college, I just kept wrestling, and then I also started competing in jiu-jitsu. And so it was kind of cool. Like, I got to compete a little bit. I took second in my first tournament, and then in my second tournament, I actually won that one. That was, like, the North American Grapplers Association, so that was dope. And then just kept on going from there. <laughs> All right, so backing up, you got picked on a lot. Picked on for what? It's hard for me to imagine you getting picked on. Oh, dude, I was, like, really small. Like I said, I was a really little kid. I kept to myself. Of course, I smiled a lot, so that always threw people off. A lot of things just either didn't bother me. I don't know. I was just friendly, and a lot of people weren't with that. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's too nice. Let oh. me bring him down. Something like that? Yeah. <laughs> what is it about wrestling or jiu-jitsu and MMA that, I mean, why do you keep doing it? What, what, is it, what does it give you that makes you want to come keep coming back to it? It's just like, it's so much fun, and you learn a lot about yourself as a person. Just like with anything, I love competition and that nervousness that's associated with it. You learn a lot about yourself. Like, okay, I remember I used to get crazy nervous before, like, every single wrestling match. Stomach was nuts. Like, I already been cutting weight, and it, it was just a huge anxiety. It taught me a lot about myself, whereas I needed to learn to control that because I knew at, like, a young age just from, like, Watching either my mom or older sister or anyone else, brothers, life's tough. You really need to, like, dig deep and get tougher, to be completely honest. Like, as blunt as it comes, that's what you got to do. And that was one thing that, like, wrestling really helped me do. Like, I had to dig deep and really get over every single thing. And if there was any adversity, if I was ever injured, if I was ever nervous, if I just, like, was going to be facing someone better than me, it didn't matter at that moment. I had to get over it and I had to just move forward. It just correlated in life a lot. And it was the same thing with jiu-jitsu, MMA. It's tough. There's always going to be someone that's bigger and better, stronger than you. And it's like, what can you really do to either outthink that person, outmaneuver that person, and really pull out more for yourself to get better and get through this obstacle? It's kind of just like a game of chess. And I, I really enjoy that. As silly as I am, I really like thinking analytically and really breaking things down. 
that's always been like a lot of fun for me. And that's just really what I see combat sports as. That's what kind of like draws me into it. The creativity and analytics of it. And also punching or kicking someone. That's always <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I never thought of it that way about it being an analytical thing. But you're right. I mean, you have to go in there with a plan, I'm assuming. And you're always you're judging that other person across the ring from you and try to anticipate what they're going to do and then anticipate what you have to do in response to that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I guess it is more mental than I gave it credit for. I mean, you do have to be pretty critical thinker about it, but that's cool, dude. That's awesome. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny to me though. Once I remember one conversation I had with you in college, similar to this, but it was just like an offhanded comment. And I'm like, dude, like you're insane. You're first of all, those of you that don't know Terrell, Okay, he is always smiling, and then he'll come up with you, come up to you in an aggressive way, and like you think he's gonna attack you, but then he might just start tickling you and giggling, and most often his shirt is off because why not? If you have an eight pack, your shirt would be off too. He's just running around, dude. It's just crazy all the time, and just such a fun loving guy. So when you think about him, like that's why I asked the question. Why are you so angry that you're going to fight people? Because you seem so happy all the time. And I remember asking you something like that in college. Like, dude, what's, what's with the fighting thing? Why do you like getting punched in the face? And you just looked at me straight-faced and you said, it tickles. <laughs> and I was just like, this guy's nuts. Like, holy shit, it tickles? It's crazy. It, it's so hard to explain because, I mean, even with practice or like even wrestling practice, anything like that, like some things hurt and like getting like punched it's weird it might be like this for my past teammates and stuff like that too it's just a part of the game and that's just what it is it's not that it doesn't hurt it's not something that's the most crippling thing you've ever felt in your life like it's just not the biggest deal you don't really feel it especially in the moment with everything going like there's been times where i've been hit and like my bell gets rung a little bit i'm like oh whoa i'm seeing three people here gotta pull this together but like (laughs) it's it's just different well, it's, it's, it's yeah, exciting. and it makes sense when you talk about it from an analytical perspective. You're not focusing on the fact that you just got hit in the face. You're focusing on the fact of how you're going to respond to that. You know, so it's like yeah, what's you're not even even you're not even in that moment. You're already two steps ahead, so you can't even feel what that was because you're already thinking about or you know moving forward with how you're going to respond to it. So you're like three steps ahead of the pain, and then after the match is over, it probably mm-hmm. sinks in. But in the moment, you're just like, and I got time for this. Let's keep going. It's just a part of it, so let's keep it moving. What's yeah. next thing? You know, <laughs> that's how you gotta look at it. That's interesting. So, are you still are you still doing the MMA thing? Yeah, actually, um, I, I got to practice with my team before I left uh, Philly, and now getting down here, I actually just found a few couple gyms. So next weekend, when I get my gear down here, I'm still waiting for a bunch of my stuff to get shipped. So can't wait for my fight gear to get here. To be honest, <laughs> that's like the most important thing to me. Forget my TVs, forget my car, forget my clothes. I just want my fight gear. Um, as soon as I get down here, I'm going right to the gym. Um, they actually have, the one gym I was looking at actually has a few good fighters that uh, actually either just got into the UFC or just compete really well. So I'm excited to go there and just at least try it out. Whenever you're looking for a gym, you really got to figure out what's a good team, of course, but also what's good in, what's a good environment, where you can grow the most. You always don't want to be the best guy in there because then what are you doing? You're the best guy in your gym, and that's cool, but are you getting better? That's one thing I gotta evaluate when I'm looking at some gyms. So I'm gonna jump around a little bit and then hopefully find one by the end of next weekend. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's a very impactful statement for a lot of things, whether it's fighting or anything in life. 
why go someplace where you're automatically the best? The only reason would be for ego. You know what I mean? And you always want to be growing. So you want to have that person to chase. You want to have those people chasing you so you can always get better. And whether it's fighting or work or, you know, whatever, that's, that's definitely the athlete's mindset right there for sure. Oh, for sure. Like you, you always got to be trying to get better and like excite yourself in some type of way. It's cool to be a best. But that's, that's cool for like two more minutes. And it's just like, what now? I know for me personally, my, my mind's always racing. I don't know. It's just how it is. Like, I'm, I'm like, okay, what's next? What else can I learn? What else can I do? What, how can I keep competing? How can I get better? Even if it's in, uh, in life, in work, or in athletics, like, I just want to know what's going to be next and how I can keep progressing. Tomorrow's not promised, so you got to do get everything you can out every single day. So what's your goal with the whole MMA thing? Like, what's the end goal? Like, where, where do you want to take it? Um, if I could really choose and I could put everything into it, I'd like to fully get, fully keep fighting, um, get some professional fights for sure. And I'd, I'd really like to fight overseas. <laughs> There's this one organization, uh, one championship, and like, I'm a huge fan of them. Like over, overseas and like Asia and every, everywhere else, they really like care about the fighters. They really respect everything. And it's a deep, deep enriched culture. And, like, that's awesome. And even if that wasn't to make it fully through, at least just to, like, teach in some way, shape, or form and just help anyone that really either wants to learn or don't have, doesn't have an opportunity to and just, like, give them a chance. That would be big for me. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even thought about that overseas. So it's like, how does that work? You join a team or, like, a league or something, and then you just go on tour in Europe or in Asia on fights? or It's kind of like that. Like, you have different body and organizations. And they all go underneath their own jurisdiction. So for some organizations, you can fight for them, and then they also let you fight for other ones. But there's some where it's like, if you fight for me, you're a contractor underneath us. Like, that's it. A lot of it is like, you join an organization, and then they schedule you against, like, an opponent. Or you get enough of a backing, like, say, for instance, locally. And a big organization catches your name, and they reach out to you and say, hey, would you like to join? And you would get a contract, go through all the negotiation periods, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're contracted underneath them. You're working and you got to get experience somewhere. And then eventually you hope to get to a big corporation. It's like the same idea there. So have you ever thought about doing, instead of MMA, the WWE type wrestling, like the theatrical <laughs> wrestling? It's funny. Of course, I used to love, love WWE when I was a kid. Actually, that's a big inspiration. Oh, yeah, you finally got to see my tattoo, so... Like, a big inspiration of that was behind uh, the one wrestler, uh, Ray Mysterio. He was a big hero of mine. Still is. Like, I'm, I'm older now, and he's still one of my biggest heroes. Because he was, like, the littlest dude going out there fighting the biggest dudes and just always coming out victorious. <laughs> As a kid, I definitely wanted to. But now, it's just like, it's not something I would want to do. I would definitely watch. It seems like WWE stuff has blown up more and more, like New Japan wrestling, and they all love it, but it's just not something I'm into anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny about that is my younger sister, when she was, man, I think it was, I guess it was a sophomore and junior in high school, she dated a guy that was a quote-unquote wrestler, like a quote-unquote WWE wrestler. In these, like, the local versions of it. I don't know what you call it, but I went to a couple of these matches, and it was, you know, it's in, like, Fire Hall, and they put the ring in the middle, yeah. and there's folding chairs, and it's the big production, and they're trying to manufacture the drama and all this stuff. And um, he actually did have a match in the WWE where he was just, like, the fall guy and just got destroyed by Ezekiel oh. Jackson. 
<laughs> he just got like picked up and broken over that dude's knee on national television. But just for the sake of being, I, I don't know. I don't know what he got paid, but that was like the highlight of his career is that. But it's just super interesting. That and like, you haven't watched Netflix? Yeah. Have you watched Glow? Gorgeous Ladies oh, of Wrestling? No, wrestlers and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched it. And that's just funny. It's just when you think about like how just manufactured it really all is. And to me, that's funny. It's oh, yeah. it's really the complete opposite of MMA, where it's literally like who is the best to use your word analytical. Like it's not just physical; it's mental strategy. Like you're literally a warrior. You're not an actor. Yeah. You know, it's it's really a complete different thing. So I don't know if you had ever tried it or thought about doing the opposite. Oh uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not for me, but I, re- I respect the guys that do do it. Like, good for them, because you, you have to be athletic to do it. Like, you do. Realistic, yeah. You got to have stamina, you got to be built, you got to be able to act. You got to be able to do a lot of things. You got to be well-versed, so respect out to them. So, one of the questions I ask a lot of people on here is about advice that they've received and that they could give. So, for you, I'm going to stick on this context of fighting. So, what has being... I'll use the term warrior again. Like you, you're training to be a warrior in your own way, mentally and physically. What has that taught you? And how could you boil that down to some advice to the non-MMA people? You know, like an MMA strategy or words of wisdom that relate to fighting that could parlay into real life that people could benefit from. Something like I've heard a few different things over the years and I've always had really good mentors to look up to and, and anything as such as training or anything like that. The biggest thing that always stuck out to me was there's no point in complaining because, one, no one wants to hear it, no one really cares, and the problem's still going to be there, so you might as well just keep pushing forward. That goes through anything in life. No matter what obstacle is in front of you, you will be defined by how you choose on what you're going to do next. So, honestly, it's better just to bite down and keep moving forward. That's great advice. I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, that's advice you would give... I mean, it could be related to fighting or life in general, but what do you think has been the best piece of advice that you've ever received that you put into practice? I guess the biggest thing is just stay humble, stay focused, just enjoy everything you're doing, enjoy the moment. So, and then I was told yeah. by my high school wrestling coach that he's kind of like my dad, and that's the one thing he always told me. He always keep, keep level-headed, no one's untouchable, just keep going. Like what's been a low moment for you where you, you did the opposite of that? You didn't follow that advice. You got swept up in it and, you know, got lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me think. There have been times where either in wrestling or any type of practice, fighting, sparring, where I've gotten cocky. I'm like, oh, man, I already know this. I can't be touched. Like, I'll, I'll be able to make it through this. And in wrestling, I've lost to people I shouldn't, I shouldn't have lost to. And it always, like, reset me to think, like, whoa, slow down there, Terrell. You're not big shit yet. And you need to stay focused and keep your mind going forward and stick to what you've always stuck to. And the same thing in practice. Like, during sparring, I felt like, oh, man, I don't have to keep my guard up for this person. I've gotten my belt wrong. Like, (laughs) I've been clocked. And I'm like, okay, all right, got to remember, this is still alive. This is sparring. Like, I can really get hurt here. And I, I shouldn't be. I need to stay humble and keep focused and keep moving. That makes me think of something in swimming where I swim a lot of distance events. Like my shortest race was 20 laps, which was the 500 freestyle. I would do the 500 freestyle. I would do the 1,000 freestyle. And I would do the mile. The mile was 66 laps. 
and that was the ultimate mental battle with yourself more than anything. So I can compare it to people out there. If you're not familiar with swimming, when I graduated, I started getting into running, and I ran a couple half marathons, which is 13.1 miles. And it was the same thing. There's that moment, whether it's swimming or it's running, or I'm sure for you, fighting, where you're in the middle of the bout, in the thick of it, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, this sucks, first of all. Like, I'm tired. I don't want to keep doing this. Why did I sign up for this? Start rationalizing to yourself why it'd be okay to stop or give up. That's the one birdie on the shoulder. And then the other shoulder is like yourself saying, shut the fuck up, keep going. Don't stop now. Like, I can't believe you even thought that. And you said, like, this back and forth in your head, whether you're underwater or on land. And what you said there just made me think of that. Is that, is it something where going into a fight, you know the guy's stats and you have an idea? Because where I'm going with this is in swimming, everything came down to time, right? So I would know going to a race, the guy next to me, his best time is X. And it's either better or worse than my best time. And there were times, to your point about being cocky, that there'd be a guy that had a, He's slower than me on paper, and you get cocky like, yeah, I got this. He's 30 seconds slower than me. I'm just going to do whatever I want, and you're focusing on some other BS and not that guy. Then all of a sudden, you see that guy pass you, and you're like, oh, shit. This guy's having a good swim, and I shouldn't have underestimated him. In a fight or in wrestling, do you have stats like that, or do you have a moment like that where you were supposed to win hands down, and then some guy, like you said, just rang your bell, and you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that? Oh, yeah, definitely. In wrestling, I've had times where I've done that, and I'm there. I've had times where I've been on the other side. I know in high school with wrestling, I was supposed to just crush this kid. He came out like I had beaten him like two or three times beforehand and throughout the years. And I was like, all right, like it's gonna be a wash match. I just gotta do what I do, and I'm getting out of there. So I come out, and this kid starts taking it to me. <laughs> he, he rushes me. Bullhorns me like he's really bringing it. Like he had nothing to lose, just was ready to go. I was down going up into the third period, and somehow, some way, I ended up pulling it out. But I was like, "Holy shit!" Like yeah. I really can't can't afford for that to happen again. Otherwise, this is where this tournament ends for me. It made me respect like him, of course, like because he came in, he had nothing to lose. He was just ready to go told me about myself whereas i was like you know what i I need to stay focused no matter what no matter how good i think i am there is someone that's either getting better or is already better so i need to like stay on that same mindset and then in the reverse i've had time even in college it was one time where i won like the match athlete of the week or something for uh wrestling i didn't even know about it until Krebs told me um (laughs) it was this kid he had about like 20 something wins it was my first year of varsity I've been facing, like, tough guys. I didn't have a good record at all. And I went out. This kid just thought it was going to be, I guess, just a wash. And, like, I was going to be someone to bulldoze over. But one thing I always thought about, especially with college wrestling, everyone was good, so I just didn't care. I was like, screw it. Like, either way, you're going to know you're out here with me. And I ended up beating that kid. It was huge. It was awesome. Like, it felt good. Of course, I felt awful after the match. I was exhausted. But <laughs> it was definitely, like, another experience that, like, you could, I could always keep getting better, too. So... I've been on both sides of that. It's something that I think is, it's a huge life lesson. And it makes me sad for people that never did sports because I just know I had moments where I hated swimming. I was like, why the hell am I doing this? It's terrible. And I know, yeah, you must have felt the same way with wrestling, but you really do. I really don't understand how anyone would really get to know who they are as a person 
without some sort of sport experience because it's, yeah, it's the physical threshold where you learn what you're capable of and it's the mental threshold where you know what you can handle and what you can overcome and there's so many things outside of sports that it's applicable to i mean mm-hmm. we had the saying in swimming because it's so time-based like you can be outworked any day it, i guess it's similar to wrestling they're very similar like it doesn't matter what you did yesterday if you're not in the pool the next day putting the work in somebody else is and somebody will outswim you if you're not careful you can't rest on your laurels but it's the same thing in life it's if it's your job it's your relationships it's you have to put the work in every day you can't get comfortable and on past successes you have to get in every day and start working hard for tomorrow you know and i just don't get if you didn't do sports that's a hard lesson to learn just with like an office setting or anything in the real world sports is a fantastic bubble to make those mistakes in and learn those lessons in definitely you get it out of a young age and you learn it like there's always someone that's hungry or someone that might oh, yeah. be hungrier it's good and i agree with you like i feel like not playing sports and then learning that throughout life i've seen it it's very traumatizing to some people it's tough for them to see that because they don't get it they don't get what someone else is really bringing to the table and how they stay motivated and they have to learn that on the go whereas we kind of get practice with it like from youth to adulthood like we're already ready to go like okay this might not work but i'll find another way to get it to work yeah. and it's it's awesome it's well, really a blessing to be in sports. Yeah, it was cool with wrestling, which you can relate to, and swimming is it's team sports, but it's individual. The individual contributions create the team. So I played baseball and basketball and soccer and then did swimming and ended up just picking swimming and through college and stuff. But I did all the other stuff in middle school and high school. And, you know, if you're playing baseball, for example, you know, you can blame your loss as a team on the bozo in left field that's picking dandelions and not watching for fly balls, you know. But when you are wrestling somebody, it's one-on-one. When you're racing somebody in swimming, it's one-on-one. And if you lose, all you can do is look at yourself and what you did or didn't do and what you can do better. And I think that's a really important lesson too because team sports is one thing. But a team sport made up of the individual contributions is a whole other thing. And then swimming was always interesting because, like, when I did that mile, dude, okay, I never wrestled. But when you're wrestling, you can hear people talking to you, I'm assuming, cheering, saying, come on, Terrell, go, go, go. Or your coach is saying, you know, watch for this. You hear that, I'm assuming, unless you kind of – you just have to tune it out. But when you're swimming, dude, you can't hear anything. You just hear, like, like mumbled noises. And when you take a breath, you can see somebody on the sideline maybe making a hand motion that it might take you five minutes to register because you don't, you're don't you looking at it for a second and your head's back down. On a mental basis, man, you will learn so much about yourself when you have to fight somebody, to put it in your terms, without touching them. And all you can do is just see them next to you, and you but you're fighting them the whole time. And all you can do is talk to yourself or pump yourself up or beat yourself up. It's all in your head, and that is, I don't know, I, I just love that I swam because to me that was just, I feel like I forged myself in the fire of the water with all that crap because you come out on land and you've been talking to yourself for 15 minutes for the mile swim, Yeah. and nobody knows you better than you in that moment, you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's funny, I used to always watch the swimming events, and that's one thing I always thought about too. I always wonder if you guys could hear, because like people always ask me, like, can you hear your coaches, can you hear this, can you hear that? 
And I'm like, I, I'm what? But it's mainly me breathing heavy and this guy across from me still attacking Yeah. So I always thought about that with swimming because you guys, you're circulating on moving forward, constantly breathing at a good capacity in order to pump your muscles and keep going. And you have to think about everything else in your surroundings. I've always been impressed with it because it's, it's something I know I couldn't do. Things that I know I can't do, that impresses me completely. And it, it's just like swimmers are one of the ones that get slept on, but like they have a tough mental capacity <laughs> because literally, like you said, it's 15 minutes of you in your own head. I think they used to put the dump the board inside of the uh, yeah. water thing. Well, they count for you. Yeah. 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 Like that's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Dude, it's funny you say that, though. Like, people, like, basically shit on swimmers. It was better in college, but it's funny how stupid high school people are. Like, did you get made fun of as a wrestler in high school? Like, call you gay because you're wrestling with a dude? And I got called gay because I wore a Speedo or I shaved my legs for a swim meet. We'd always call people out. We'd be like, yo, come to practice. Go ahead. Come on. See who's gay after three hours of swimming. You know what I mean? It's just, like, it's just silly how ignorant people are. I do it all the time. And especially because I want the boner, so everyone would just say boner. Oh, like, yeah. And so, of course, I got it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That's rough. Well, I got it, too, because when I was a chubby kid in like mm. middle school, my name's Miles, and my last name's Biggs. So when we're running the mile in gym class, and I'm having like an asthma attack and running it in 14 minutes, <laughs> it was Miles can't run for miles, or he's so Biggs, and all this bullshit. and. <laughs> So that was also a thing, though, with sports and swimming, where it's like, it's like I've always felt like I had something to prove, and like I beat it. And yeah. then when I did run a half marathon and was averaging seven and a half minute miles, that was always something I thought to myself. And I was like, wow, like ten year old me would run one mile in the time it takes me to run two now, and I'm not having an asthma attack. So it's like, screw you, haters. We're, I'm getting it. Here I am. <laughs> That's actually, it's funny that you said it about running too. Like, I've, I've always hated running. And Dude, the only rough. time I slightly enjoyed it was when I was preparing for my fight. I was running, and I was also in psychopath mode. I was, this guy's probably running just as much, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I was like, you have to run fast. You have to move fast. You can't run out of air. Like, blah, 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 just in my own head. Right. And that was the first time I actually, like, could make myself run and somewhat enjoy it. Dude, it's crazy. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like. Well, most of us get in a fight. You're not expecting it, right? It's it's an emotional reaction to something. Like, you were straight up planning to fight someone. You know when it was going to happen. You know who the person is. So I imagine you're studying this person, and it's almost like premeditated murder. You are trying to plan, you know, to, to destroy this guy. And you're like you said, you're like, oh, yeah, he's doing this now. This is his routine, so I'm going to do this. And it's like you become like a student of your opponent. And it goes back to your, your thought about chess and stuff. I never thought of it this way until we're talking, but it is a strategic, really a mental thing. Yeah. Like, a lot of people you can have beat mentally before you guys even see each other, before you even get to the ring, before the weigh-in. A lot goes into it. There are a lot of practitioners in, like, even an MMA that are just amazing at it. Like, like the notorious Conor McGregor. He's amazing at talking. He's amazing at getting in your head. He's amazing at making you think more things that you need to think that'll take you out of your game completely before he even sees you face to face. It's amazing. For me personally, I remember first time I was trying to get a fight, like years back, right after I graduated college, I, and I think I ended up breaking my wrist or something. So I had a few different opponents, and one thing that happens, especially in like any amateur or even a pro too, Fights fall out every single day. Like, you could be preparing and, like, cutting weight and, like, about to go to the scale and your opponent might not have shown up. 
And that's it. You, you did all this preparation and the fight might not happen now. So I remember I was preparing for a fight. I had gotten hurt, but I was like, screw it. Like, I'm still going to do it. Let's do this. And the first opponent I had dropped out. And then the second opponent I had was like four and one or something. This is going to be my first fight. And it was, he was four and one. And my coach was like, do you really care? And I'm like, no, fuck him. Like, we're going to do this either way. <laughs> either way, we're going to get in that ring and that record won't matter. Nothing will matter but us trying to either knock each other out or figure this out some way, shape, or form. And for me, it's like I've never really cared as far as, like, the fighting aspect of someone else training, et cetera, et cetera. You can train as much as you want. You can prepare for it as much as you want. When you get in the ring, it's different. I've heard it. Like, my teammates have told me it, and I, I felt it. Like, you never know what you're going to do until you get punched in the face. Anything can go into you can prepare for, say, for instance, a person like throwing a sting back that you can prepare and look out for that. But, like, if they hit you really hard and so everyone starts going nuts in the crowd, your emotions might take over. You might go, screw it. I'm the dog in this guy. I'm rushing. And you might just do that. So you can study a lot of people. You can study all you want, and it, it might not really last going up to it. It is it's weird. Like, it's definitely a science behind it, but it depends on the person. Me personally, it's never been nothing to me. Like, no matter what, we're going to get in there and we're going to solve it and we're, we're going to have some fun and afterwards we'll be cool. But I really don't care what you're doing up till then because I got to focus on me. <laughs> That's crazy. It's so primal, really. Like, you described it. Like, it's like you said, you think you have a plan to get punched in the face and it's just straight up fight or flight, like survival. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, um, it was funny, but before my uh, weight tie fight, my, my coach, and like, he's actually been like one of my coaches and training partners for years at this point. He was like, you're going to kick him in the body the entire first round. And then the second round, you're going to start going to the head. And I was like, okay, gotcha. Went out there. First thing I do, I threw a high kick right to his fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> he had told me we're going to the body. I told him I agreed with it, and I was all about it. All of a sudden, as soon as we started throwing and exchanging, boom, head kicks just flying. And, like, it, it was working in my favor, but I was, like, I was thinking during the time, too, shit, I was supposed to be going with a strategy. Second round, I'm supposed to unload your head kicks. Well, I'm already doing it. Might as well just keep going. And I just kept rolling with it from there. <laughs> Dude, what I love about that is there's so many parallels I can I can apply to just life with that example. Mm-hmm. Like how many times do you go into any situation, personally, professionally, athletically, you have a plan and you throw a high kick to the head. You know, it's like, <laughs> but then you just have to go with it and roll with it and, and just persevere and just keep going, keep fighting, keep kicking until something oh, yeah. happens, you know, that's awesome. You have to. You got to keep going. You got to roll with the punches. You got to plan on your feet. In my industry now, global supply chain, things are constantly changing. You might have a plan. It gets messed up pretty quickly because it's a constantly changing environment. If you're not someone that can plan with things or evolve to your surroundings and keep moving, you don't last long in the field. And like that's actually one thing I like about it because I like going, okay, this X won't, A won't work. All right, go to B. B won't work. All right, let's try C. D's not available. All right, we're going to jump. Get D. So jump straight to E. I like that. So how do you think that being a fighter has applied to your professional life? That example you just said where you're planning for doing different contingencies, do you think your your fighting training transitions into the professional life where it's uh, it's a different kind of fight? You know what I mean? Definitely. You gotta be mentally strong, especially in the corporate or non corporate world. You're gonna deal with some people that either don't have people skills, don't know how to manage, don't know how to do this, don't know how to do that, and then you have people under working underneath you. Like, I know we're currently preparing for, like, a very busy time. 
I might have 50 to 60 people at one time reporting to me, and I might have to jump over to another section and deal with another 50 or 60 people, and I got to make sure things are still flowing accordingly and where I'm making money. But there's going to be things that don't go right in that time. And just with wrestling, fighting, anything, it's preparing me for it. And you always got to prepare to keep moving forward, like we talked about earlier. You just have to keep grinding no matter what. And fighting and wrestling, everything always prepared me for that. Keep grinding. <laughs> so I'm really interested with all the talk we've had so far and how you're going to answer this question, which is, mm-hmm. or a statement, but describe your life for me in three words. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. And it's funny because I've heard you ask that one question, and like I thought, yeah, I definitely got an answer to that. Like, yeah. you ask me, I'll be ready to go. You got to plan until uh, I punch uh, you in the face with the question. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My life in three words since I was a kid. Anything that's ever happened, never ever quit. It's that simple. A lot of people, like I know, in my past, my family, my friends, they're not here anymore. Some people don't have that opportunity to get up every day and go after it and live out their dream. I know I'm here, so I have to constantly keep doing that. Keep pushing, never ever quit. Do what I can to make the most out of every day. So just never ever quit. That's awesome. I love that. That's a perfect summation of everything we've been talking about too so far. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've been talking about you, asking you a bunch of questions. It's only fair you get a chance to ask me a couple, so I'll flip it to you and say if there's any anything you want to ask me, now is, I'll, I'll flip the mic to you metaphorically here and give you a chance to ask. Oh, definitely. The, the, the chance to sit down with Miles Diggs and pick his brain, that's always something I'm to As a friend, as someone that's grown with you, seen you grown, and has been mentored by you, I wonder what what keeps you motivated? What makes you get out of bed every morning? And what makes you just always want to be better? Sure. Well, I think that's changed recently. I think eight months ago, I would have answered it's just my own personal goals. You know, just like you said, never ever quit. That's, you know, one of my mantras. I got tattooed on me the not without labor from our fraternity. You know, I love that saying, just like nothing's going to happen unless you work your ass off. It's that athlete's mind. And what motivated me was just always that pursuit of personal growth and wanting to get more and more as much as I can out of this life. But flash forward eight months, I'm staring at what looks like a copy of me in my son, which is crazy. He looks so much like me. It's, it's unreal. And that is now my sole motivation every morning when I wake up. And what I think about every night when I go to bed is just mason and who he's gonna be and what he's gonna need from me and the example i want to set for him all these things we're talking about i think about constantly it's amazing how much i've reflected on what i think has been my formative years or experiences because i think about it and think okay how can i create that for him because these are all the things i think were great i want to do that for him these are all the things i think were terrible how can i protect him from those and it's the harsh realization if I'm honest with myself that I can't protect him really from anything. <laughs> you know, the world's going to happen. And if that answers, that it, it used to be one thing, but now my motivation is really my son and the fact that I want to be the best version of myself for him and for Claire because that's what they deserve. And I just want to give him whatever he needs and support whatever his dreams are. And it's going to be amazing to relive childhood through him now. You know, I... I did Boy Scouts, which I want to enroll him in. I hope he loves because I got my Eagle Scout, and I thought it was awesome. So I can redo all the scouting trips. You know, He's going to take swim lessons, and I'll try to make him a swimmer and hope he likes it. But if he doesn't, that's cool. You know, If he wants to play lacrosse or soccer or baseball, he wants to wrestle, You know, I'll be in the stands. I'll do it. 
Yeah. It's really just going to be about just what motivates me is, you know, put a smile on that kid's face, man. It's an amazing feeling becoming a father. It really is. That's so crazy to think about. <laughs> That's awesome, though. <laughs> it's insane. It's it's really, it's like cliche, but it's just truly hard to to summarize in any sort of English word. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's an incredible feeling. It really is. And it's just, it's very humbling. You look at life completely different in a brand new way through a brand new lens when you're responsible for another human life that you created. It's crazy, but in all good ways. That's awesome. So, that's awesome. I'm trying to think if I got anything else. Oh, okay. So, speaking of your son, so of course, like every kid looking up to his dad, what is your legacy that you want to leave for him or have him follow or leave for steps for him to build his own? That's a, I know, that's, a, that's a tough one. That's a, that's, a great, that's a great question. No, I appreciate that question. That's a really thoughtful question. That's a good... Man, I think... What do I want to leave for him? I think what I want for him is, you know... Man, what do I want? I like to see... Okay, I think really... No, I mean, it's just... That's, that's a good question. It deserves a good answer. So one thing about myself that I've always thought or I've known that people find weird is just my inquisitive nature. I said in episode one of this thing, I'm the guy on a road trip where people are zoning out in the window, not thinking about anything. And I'm thinking about how this road was carved into the mountain, random stuff. Like, I can't shut my brain off. And I want him to question everything. I want him to be inquisitive and to challenge the status quo and to accept what he learns to be true, not what he's told to be true. You know, I want him to be his own person and not just be, you know, what people tell him he should be. And I think that would be a great legacy if if I leave nothing else on this planet but a son that can think for himself and and come to his own conclusions about things and challenge things respectfully and thoughtfully, then I'm okay with that. You know, I, I want that for him because there's so many people out there that just regurgitate the headlines on the evening news, what what headline they Google, and don't really take the time to weigh and measure facts for themselves, come to their own opinions. They're not able to support it thoughtfully, respectfully. They just yell at each other back to where we whole started this whole thing. They're on Twitter just flexing their finger muscles. I want him to be an intelligent and inquisitive and respectful human being. I hope I can instill that in him because that's that's what life's all about. That's awesome. And it's true. A lot of people don't really question a lot. They kind of just fall into the rat race and keep moving forward. But that might be good for some people, but maybe it's not good for you. You got to gotta figure it out on your own pace and do what you want to do. I like that. Yeah, dude. But that's, that's all I got as far as questions. <laughs> well, I got to say, this might sound bad. And I don't mean it that way. But I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation because you and I have not had this level of conversation before. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the Terrell I know is like when I was at Luke's bachelor party and we're coming in just ripping shots and shooting guns and being crazy and partying and we never connect. We've, but that really, I mean, in college even, that's what it was. I mean, we were friendly, but we never got this deep. And I just really want to say thank you. And I've loved getting to know you on this different level here in an hour and just I have a whole new respect for you and appreciation for you as a friend and a person and you know I wish we had done it sooner truly so I'll say I'm sorry and thank you in the same sentence and you know it's been it's been awesome 
I appreciate it. And it's awesome to like have the chance to like sit down and talk with you. I've always looked up to you and I'm always interested in how you think, how you process things and how you really go about life. Me, like everyone always sees like the party and stuff like that. And that's cool and all, but there's always more to it. I've always been a deep thinker. I've always wanted to do more, learn more and stuff like that. And I've always had things that always driven me, but I kind of just keep it to myself. So it's kind of cool for me to be able to get out a little bit and say it out loud, I guess. So thank you yeah. for the opportunity. No, you're welcome. And that's, that's why I started this whole thing, really. So to me, this is just an affirmation for myself on this project I've embarked on is this is why, you know, like there are people in my life that I know, but I don't truly know. So I want to have these moments and just enhance things, you know, it's so it's, this is awesome. I've loved it. So thank you again. And, and you're welcome for everything you said. And this is great. So we just, we have to do it more. That's what I'll say. Hell yeah. I'm always down. I'll always be doing the retweet. I always got time. So. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> That's a wrap for another episode of Relish the Journey. Thank you to everyone listening, and thank you to Jarrell for being my guest this week. Special shout-out to Danielle, my sister and talented audio producer, for making this thing sound like I actually know what I'm doing. Thank you again to all you out there listening. Follow us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are the main ones. Email me at miles.rtjpodcast at gmail.com with your questions, comments, tips, suggestions, whatever. That's Miles with a Y. And until next time, relish the journey, everybody. Go out and make a difference in someone's life. Cheers.